Breaking free of the debt trap is the first step to achieving financial freedom God's way. Proverbs 22 and verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Debt always makes you a prisoner of your past. The most common financial traps include credit cards, auto loans, mortgage loans, and student loans. Co-signing for someone else's loan is another way to fall into a foolish financial trap that plunges you into ruin and destruction. Today is your day to break free of the debt trap. To hear the chains of your financial slavery fall to the ground, you must exercise a disciplined financial plan. It's as easy as rolling a snowball in winter. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Have you fallen into the debt trap today? If you'd like to climb out but don't know how, you've come to the right place. Hello and thanks for stopping by for today's edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. And today, Ron shares five practical steps to getting out of debt. They aren't easy, but they are doable. Let's face it, no matter how hard getting out of debt may be, it's far easier than staying in it. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Breaking Free of the Debt Trap. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 18 in the Living Bible says, It is poor judgment to co-sign on another's note to become responsible for his debts. No, it's not a sin, it's just bad judgment. It's foolishness, why? Because you assume all the risk and get none of the reward. And when that person who couldn't get a loan from the bank for good reasons, can't make the payments, guess whose door the bank is gonna come knocking on? Yours, okay? So, On this particular issue, the book of Proverbs speaks at length about the foolishness of being security for your neighbor. For example, Proverbs 6, verses 1 to 5. And here Solomon is, many say, uh, training up the new generation of kings. And he's, he's directing his comments to his sons. And he says, my son, if you've put up security for your neighbor, in other words, if you've co-signed on a note, Uh, If you've given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyes no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Boy, that's, that's some strong language, isn't it? Poetic language that says, run, run, run. And if you find yourself under an obligation like that, go to that person and get out of it as quickly as you can. Because again, you've assumed all the risk and you'll get none of the reward and it may come all of it come back on you. So a lot of people get into things like this out of the kindness of their heart. The kindest thing you can do is say, thanks, but no thanks. I, I want to protect my own situation and my family. I could add a fifth 
trap, but let me just toss it into an uh, area of concern to talk about, and that's debt consolidation loans. There's a lot of discussion out there in the marketplace about debt consolidation loans and how that works is something like this. If you have you know, multiple high-interest consumer obligations, multiple credit cards, let's say, somebody comes along and says, listen, let's consolidate your loans into one simple, easy payment at a lower interest rate. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Here's the problem. You haven't addressed the core reason why you got into the financial problems in the first place, the covetousness, okay, and the contentment you need to say no to the impulse buying and so forth. Uh, so, you know, what happens is people consolidate their loans, but according to studies, 70% of Americans end up in the worst position two years later. Why? Because once they consolidate their loans, now their four or five credit cards have zero balances on them. And they run up the credit cards again because they haven't changed their behavior. So three words around debt consolidation. <laughs> beware, beware, beware. Okay? The debt consolidator would love to have your business, your interest business, even at a lower rate than the credit card companies. He's not concerned about whether you've changed your behavior or not. So beware of debt consolidation loans. And if you're thinking bankruptcy is the way out of your financial troubles, let's just remember what the psalmist writes in Psalm 37 and verse 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous gives generously. Remember, as followers of Jesus Christ, we want to do our finances God's way. And, and when we assume a debt obligation, our integrity is at stake. We're making a promise. Now, the God of the Bible is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. When he makes a covenant, makes a promise, you, you can literally go to the bank on it. And he expects his followers to do the same. And I understand we have bankruptcy laws, chapter 11, chapter 7, chapter 13, whatever chapter you want to choose, and there might be a time to reorganize your uh, finances according to those laws. But let's remember, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're held to a higher standard of integrity. The wicked borrow and do not repay. They walk away from their obligations, maybe even legally so. But the righteous gives generously. The implication is they not only deal with their debt obligations with integrity, but they manage their finances in a way where they're free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, and free to have fun. And let that be true of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Now that we're all heavy-hearted, under the weight of whatever debt obligations that we have, let's, let's talk about a practical way, a practical way to... to to break free of the debt trap. And I want to use something I call the, the debt snowball plan. Now, I didn't come up with this plan. Um, Dave Ramsey talks a lot about the debt snowball. He didn't come up with it. This is a, a financial planning debt elimination tool that has been around for a long time. It's just based on some simple calculations. But the debt snowball, um, they use a snowball because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna snowball a payment across a number of different obligations until we get them all paid off and in the process accelerate it. Let me give you five steps, five simple steps to doing this. Uh, let's assume you have, I don't know, three or four or five uh, consumer debt obligations. We're not talking about your mortgage, but credit card debt or a furniture payment or an auto loan or a student loan or something like that. First of all, list your debts smallest to largest. 
Don't worry about the interest rate. We're going to get after the smallest first because we need some immediate gratification here. We need to know that we're winning, that we're knocking some of this out, all right? So list them smallest to largest. Secondly, you're going to make minimum payments on every one of these debts except the smallest. On the smallest debt, we make the minimum payment plus an extra payment or an extra amount until the entire debt is paid off. I'll come back to that in a moment. And then once that debt is paid off, we're going to roll what we were paying off that extra amount plus the minimum from the first one, roll it into the next smallest debt's minimum payment, and we keep doing that until all the debts are paid. After each debt is paid off, yeah, we're going to engage in some plastic surgery. We're going to cut up our credit cards, and then we're going to celebrate by shouting, woo-hoo, all right? Now, we're not going to celebrate by going out and spending money. We're just going to celebrate by shouting woo-hoo. So let's try that. Ready? One, two, three. Woo-hoo! All right. You, you got to celebrate more than that. Come on. Like you really mean it. One, two, three. Woo-hoo! Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones. Lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If it's been a while since you stopped by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, give it a look today. We've released a new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television. You'll also find our digital library where you can search for biblical answers to some of your most challenging questions. Watch, listen, and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, 
uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets. Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles and Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia. 23456. Now let's get you back to the rest of today's message, Breaking Free of the Debt Trap. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. All right, let's put an example up on the platform here and let's get after some numbers. Let's say you have five uh, debt balances. Two of them are credit cards. One is a car payment and the the last one there is a student loan. The balances are $1,500, $7,000, and $10,000. You see the minimum payments listed there, 50, 75, 185, 97. You just make minimum payments, it'll be decades before you get all that paid off, right? So we're gonna make an extra payment. And you say, okay, pastor, that's my problem. Where am I gonna find the extra money? Well, you're gonna go back to your college days when you lived on beans and weenies. And you're, you're, you're gonna pour through your expenses. You know, it's a whole lot cheaper, this is just one example, but a whole lot cheaper to eat at your house and fix it at home than it is to go out. I had a birthday this week and Catherine and I went out to my, my birthday dinner and went out to a nice restaurant and I, you know, we, we always both kind of choke over the cost of eating out today. Funny thing was I paid for my own birthday dinner too, but that's a whole other story, all right? <laughs> but no, we, we, we both paid for it, but you know, I... <laughs> the next night she cooked me dinner she, you know, we, we have this, uh, this, this uh, thing in our house where she cooks and I clean up. She always does a great job. She's a great cook. And, and the food was just as good, if not better, than the nice restaurant that we went to. But she, she says, as we were cleaning up, she says, you know, this is great. We, we ate for $7 tonight, the two of us. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that at McDonald's, you know, and we, we have wonderful food. So you're going to find a way to reduce the expenses in your budget, And if you can't find a way, then you're going to get a second job. You're going to work nights, weekends. You're going to get after this like a gazelle. And let's say you found $500. We're going to take the minimum payment plus $500. Now we have $550 a month to get after that first debt of $1,500. While we make minimum payments on the rest, we're going to pay off that first one in three months. We're going to have some plastic surgery, cut up the credit card, and shout, Great. Then we're going to take that 550. We're going to roll it into the next one. 550 plus 73 is 623. 
it's going to take us about four months to pay off $2,500. And when we do, we're going to have some plastic surgery, cut up that credit card and shout. And then we're going to take that 623 and roll it into the car payment we have, which is $185. And now our total is 808. It'll take us about nine months to pay that off. And when we do, we're going to rip up that debt obligation and shout. And then we take the 808, roll it into the Student loan payment of $97 a month for a total of $905. That's going to take us about 11 months to pay it off. And when we do, we're going to shout, we just paid off $21,000 in debt in 27 months. If you make the minimum payment on $16,000 of credit card debt at 17, 18% interest, how long did I tell you it would take? 33 years. This is the debt snowball. Somebody needs it out there. <laughs> and that's how you break free of the debt trap. Simple little tool. Take some discipline. An agreement between a husband and wife said, we're going to get after this. We're going to sacrifice what we need to sacrifice so we can be free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, free to have fun, and experience the freedom that God wants for us. By the way, what does all this have to do with the cross of Jesus Christ? Anything? It does, because God, God wants us to be free. There was a sin debt we were piling up before a holy God. You know how I know that? It's because when I listen carefully to the last words of Jesus on the cross that are scattered throughout the Gospels, I hear him say things like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I hear him say, I thirst. I also hear him say, to telestai. He borrowed a term from the financial marketplace because if you were doing business in the marketplace and you finished paying off your obligation, the creditor would stamp your bill paid in full to telestai. Interesting that that financial term comes from the cross because there was a debt obligation you and I were, paying, were piling up before a holy God, an obligation higher than a Montana sky. And even if we could pay God off, which we can't, our bank account is so puny compared to the debt obligation. We, we, we couldn't pay it off even if we tried. So the Bible says, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so Jesus went to that cross, and as it were, he took out his checking account. And he has unlimited resources to pay off your debt obligation and mine, and yours and all of us in this room. And with his own body and with his own blood, he paid it in full. Now, if you were $21,000, yeah, that's, that's woo-hoo. <clears throat> if you were $21,000 in debt with all these credit cards and some generous benefactor came alongside you, somebody who loves you more than you could possibly imagine, and he wrote a check for, oh, $23,000, would you be so foolish as to spit in his face, to mock him, to even nail him to a cross? I hope that you would gladly receive his generosity. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He, he wants something for you, not from you. And, and he's already gone to the lengths of Paying off your sin debt in full. He wants you to be free from the penalty of sin. 
from the power of sin to enslave you, one day from the very presence of sin in a place called heaven, his home, the Father's house, he invites you to come by faith. But even before we're rescued from the presence of sin, he wants us to enjoy freedom in this life, even financial freedom, the way we defined it from the scriptures, free of debt, free from the love of money, free to give generously, free to have fun. It all starts at the cross, though. Don't miss that. Don't just take the benefits from the wisdom of God without, without starting in the starting place we all need to be. It's far more important that your sin debt is taken care of than your credit card debt. But either way, let's, let's break free, break free of our sin debt, our financial debt, whatever it is, uh, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and following God's wisdom today. Amen? Woohoo! Thanks for stopping by for today's Something Good radio message. Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, when you began this series last week, you said something that I think puts all of this into perspective. You said everything belongs to God. Our money, our time, our talents, everything. We are stewards of all that we have. Even our very lives are not our own. Well, Brian, I'm glad you brought this up because that's what all of this ultimately gets down to, God's purpose for our lives. I don't think Christians who get into heavy debt are trying to be rebellious. I, I just think they see something they want, maybe an expensive house or a car or a boat or some new clothes, and they think to themselves, hey, I work hard. Nothing wrong with having a little fun, a little excitement, nothing wrong with doing something for myself. And, and I get that. It's completely understandable. But I think God has a far different plan for us than we sometimes realize. His primary purpose for us is not to have fun or excitement or, or thrills. He allows for those things, of course. And most of the time, there's nothing wrong at all with them. But what God really wants for our lives is that they be joyful, meaningful, and eternal. Let me say that again. Joyful, meaningful, and eternal. Now, anyone who is a believer in Christ cannot have eternal life taken away, so we can set that one aside. But, but what about the other two? Can, can we lose our joy, our sense of, of meaning in life? Uh, what are the things that bring true joy and meaning to our lives? Well, walking in obedience, for sure. Uh, and that includes investing in the kingdom of God with our time and our money and our talents. Uh, those are the things that bring real joy, and, and it's from these things that meaning comes to our lives. It is when our hearts and lives are worshipful that they can become joyful and meaningful as well. And those are the very things that heavy consumer debt takes from us. For however long we're in deep debt, say two years, eight years, maybe 15 or 20 years, uh, we're being robbed of our money and of our time, which means we cannot invest either of those two things in the kingdom of heaven, at least not to the degree we could have otherwise. Consumer debt consumes the debtor. Uh, but friend, God wants us to be set free from that so that our lives can have all the joy and all the meaning that God intended and so that we can pass that joy and meaning on to other people. That's Dr. Ron Jones with a few final thoughts from today's message, Breaking Free of the Debt Trap. Next time on Something Good, Ron continues his series, His Money, 
your faith. And Ron, I know you want to say a quick word about what's in store tomorrow. Today we talked about breaking free from the debt trap, but that's not the only trap out there that involves money. Debt can enslave us for sure, but wealth can distract us. Either way, when we're so consumed with our portfolio, however good or bad it may look at the moment, we can have our attention diverted from our eternal portfolio. That is the things we do here on earth that echo in eternity. So as we move ahead in our series, His Money, Your Faith, and as we talk about this divine financial plan, I want us to take stock of our lives, our priorities, our choices, and see if there's a way we can do even better in terms of investing in the kingdom of God. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Your Eternal Portfolio. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.